We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score! Aaron Rodgers took some real shots at Ian Rappaport. Basically saying he doesn't know anybody in my inner circle. I don't have his number. He doesn't have my number. Basically shut the hell up. It just made me start to realize that if he is that sensitive, he is going to struggle in New York. And I don't know if it's the right fit for him. I don't know if I want him in New York if this is going to be his reaction to things that don't matter. That's Tiki Barber talking about Aaron Rodgers. And it does look like from there, there's all sorts of ways that the the reports are, are couching everything. But it does seem like the Jets have their shot to close this deal. That they believe that they've got an opportunity here, and now they're talking turkey with the Packers about how to make this happen. So if it falls through, I don't know what the alternative is, but just like I mentioned with Florio yesterday, I, do, I can't see him going back to the Packers now. I, I go back and forth on this, Dan, because it feels like we've done this dance with Aaron Rodgers for the last four seasons where you think things are so bad between he and Green Bay that it can't be rectified. And then, like it was, what, a year ago yesterday, they were like, oh, well, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's totally fine. Here's all this new money that we're going to give Aaron Rodgers. And we're basically saying that the Jordan Love draft pick is irrelevant and maybe was a bad move. So I'm not willing to say that yet because they seem to be the couple that that can't quit each other and that's totally fine but it is interesting to me that we've gotten so far down the road where now you're tracking private jets and tracking private jets out to California and him at least being willing to entertain the idea of trying to make it work in another place and I I won't believe it until it's reported that he's going someplace else just because we see them go back and forth and back and forth. Well, here's what Diana Rossini says, and she's been all over this from the uh, the Jets' perspective. She's well-sourced there. In the wake of an extensive in-person meeting between Aaron Rodgers and New York Jets brass, including owner Woody Johnson, there's optimism in the Jets organization that they're on the brink of landing the future Hall of Fame quarterback sources close to the situation, say. While optimism existed before the California meeting, 
Johnson felt it was important to meet in person, sources said. Johnson left the meeting excited and satisfied about the potential match. As the Jets internally are working under an optimism that this will happen, the Jets and the Packers remain engaged in conversations about compensation and contract, according to sources. Those conversations already started before the meeting. And so now we wait to see if the Jets can close a deal to bring a future Hall of Famer from Green Bay to New York. You want to take the North? Take the North. Here's your chance to take the North and to never give it back. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Although it's really kind of been the Vikings that have been. Yeah, but they're in tr- they're 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 cutting guys now. I did not know the cap hell that they were in. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you guarantee money to Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. And, and you you've guaranteed what over a hundred million dollars to Kirk Cousins over the last four seasons. So, yeah, I would imagine that there's a little bit of cap anxiety that's going on in in Minnesota. With Rodgers, it's rare that a quarterback stays at the place that, that he stayed as long as he has, right? That, that that doesn't really happen in the NFL anymore. So I get that there might be an opportunity. They've got a lot of young, talented players with the Jets on offense and defense. But here's my question for Rodgers, and, and maybe he'll be inspired because he'll be in a new place. I think part of the reason that the Packers' offense took a while to get going was because he didn't he didn't buy in. He wasn't really working with the young receivers that they were bringing in. And then at the end of the season, you saw those guys start to flourish. He was using Randall Cobb as like, the Rodgers whisperer. And while I think it's valuable to be working with a receiver like Randall Cobb because of everything that he knows and how close he is with Rodgers, it just feels like learning what the quarterback likes and needs and wants from his receiver is a much easier message when it's not disseminated. You know what I mean? Like, this is where I want you to be. This route is 14 and a half yards, not 15, not 14. And when you hit this landmark, the ball is coming out. This is what I want you to do when the play breaks down. This is how I want you to, how you should expect to see the ball delivered on slants. All of that stuff is is better relayed to receivers by the quarterback than by a receiver. Well, when when Christian Watson started to get it later in the year and everyone saw, oh, okay, now this is beginning to click, there were people around the team that were muttering about what should have been and could have been earlier. And I think that's totally fair. That's that's what I'm saying. Like You have yes. a guy that's got some skill, and, and it just felt like he was – it felt like Rodgers wanted to kind of just show up on Sunday. I know that that's not the case. I know the guys work hard during the week. I'm just saying the perception was like everyone should know where they're supposed to be. And and to a certain extent, he's right about that. But I, I don't think that he was as clear. I don't think that he did a good enough job of being the elder statesman that someone who's been with a team and in that position, who's won four MVPs, 
that he's supposed to be. He didn't want to be because he's such a narcissist that that doesn't fit what he thinks his job responsibility is. Right. And it it also doesn't seem to – it's almost like he's like, look, I'm going to orchestrate, have everything prepared when I show up, have dinner on the table when when I get there. And I forgot who had brought it up. There's a former player who brought it. It might have been Foxworth or Ryan Clark, where they were talking about how the receivers that he was with, like they grew up watching and idolizing him, and then there he is on the sideline, like berating them. Yeah, yelling at him. And 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 how big of a, a mind bleep that must have been for them. Now they got it together, and I don't know who to to credit for that, if that's LaFleur or Rogers himself or the the receivers or Randall Cobb. But it just felt like you could have done more. Like and and will he be willing to do that when he walks into New York? Or does he expect that everything is going to be set for him? And he can just go in and kind of do his thing. And and I understand, like, you're a veteran. You're, you've been almost two decades playing this game. I get that you want things to be easier. But if you look at, if you look at what Tom Brady did going down to Tampa, Tom Brady's out there breaking rules during COVID to work with the receivers to get them all on the same page. And while his leadership style is is probably unique, it, the only comp, one of the only comps that you can actually make when you're talking about Tom Brady is Aaron Rodgers. So I I I just it's good for the Bears that he didn't do this, but it felt like there was more that he could have done. And and when you have a chance at the end of the season, to get to the playoffs, and all you have to do is go through Detroit, a Detroit team that's heart's broken because they had been eliminated hours before. And you saw that Detroit team come out and play with ferocity. And you saw Aaron Rodgers not be good in a game with that the that the Packers had to have. The it's will he be able to lift up the Jets to the place where they think they're going to be, and what are they willing to give up to get him? A little bit more NFC North news is popping as we speak here. Adam Schefter has reported there's a real possibility the Vikings will part ways with Adam Thielen in the coming days. Minnesota restructured his contract last year. He's got two more seasons set to count nearly $20 million against the cap next year. If the Vikings cut Thielen, they could use a post-June 1st designation to spread the cap hit out over the next few seasons to save 13.4 in 2023. He turns 33 in August. He had 70 catches for 716 yards and six touchdowns last season. So that Yeah, is, the production's been way down for him yeah. since 2020. Yeah, that is not an investment that I would make unless there no. is just value upside. Now, I'm burying the lead. Yes, you be- are, Because sir. I got people who have been waiting and say, I got to go to a meeting, Bernstein. Who's this guy the Bears might get? All I've been told is keep your eye on former Notre Dame tackle and current Niners right tackle Mike McGlinchey. Yep, that is the name, and I don't know. I don't. 
I, I can't tell you definitively what's going on or where talks have been or who's talking to whom, but it was sometimes you start hearing enough buzz uh, around a guy. He's he's very buzzy right now. Yes, yeah, super the- buzzy. Someone who has been kind of like that's a name that people going into free agency and looking at the Bears say, oh, well, that might be a fit. You know that that's the type of player that they could use to help solidify their offensive line. So keep an eye out for that. That's all I would say is keep an eye out for that. He is an enormous human being. He's 6'8". He's 310 pounds. He is a right tackle, and I don't know if they would do this with the intention of moving him to left tackle and moving Braxton Jones. I I, I haven't really thought that far down. You start looking at, you know, they're going to put the Notre Dame line back together. You can get Miss Sam Mustafer at center. Now, now, go get Quentin Nelson. Well, and then I mean that that could be a reason why you're making a trade before free agency and starts. You get Quentin Nelson. There you go, and then you can. How's your Harry He stand? And we can bring him back and and go get Alex Bars back and put Bars. it all back together. Bars. But I I it it would be interesting to me to know where they would intend to play him. Right, but the thing is, is that their offensive line is so bad, it kind of doesn't matter. I get it. But especially with a quarterback who moves around like this one moves and the extent to which they may trust Braxton Jones, there's been... They love Braxton Jones, though. Yeah, well, do they love him at left or do, do they think he... They, would they, love, they love him at left and they think that he's a developing asset. Obviously, the thing that he said was he needs to get stronger and that he so that he's not susceptible to bull rushes mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. I, but but this is part of – Mike and I were actually joking about this during the break. Um, we haven't played you the Olin yet, and I said now it's kind of like the Trey Mancini. But it's one of the things that Olin was talking about is does your offensive line, like do all of the pieces to it connect where if you have a an athletic center – like Olin, like Jason Kelsey, for example. Well, now you're talking about two you, of the best who've ever done it. No, no, but 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 he. The point was, if you have an athletic center, how do you build the guards? Because your athletic center is probably going to be a little bit smaller, right? So you better have some maulers that are next to him at guard. With the way Justin Fields plays, and some of the places where he looks more comfortable than doesn't when he throws. Maybe right tackle is more important. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not – that's not my opinion. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering if maybe because if if you're talking about a guy that escapes the pocket and sometimes flows to his right, maybe the guy on the right side is more important because theoretically on some of those plays – Fields is running away from whatever is happening on the left side. And yeah, they- however, his signature move to start some of these scrambles the spin. is the left reverse pivot, which when the bull rush did get Braxton Jones, he was able to feel it and and leave that guy just dead on his feet way back well behind the play because whoop, he would just do that little spin move. I mean, I don't want him to live and die by that. Like that's that that that's great if you got to break glass every once in a while. I don't I don't want that as a a structured part of their offense, but it sure works. So you know, it, it, it they the problem here's the great thing about it: the Bears need help in so many places that 
all they all I want them to do is add good football players to the team. And McGlinchey is he fits that. That's a good football player. It, it's it's a solid start. It makes you better if that's what ends up happening. If next week we see that Mike McGlinchey is 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 stand hovering over everyone with a big old Bears jersey in his hand. When we return, we will talk about the Fighting Illini in the Big Ten Tournament and more with Jeremy Werner, who is the publisher of Illini Inquirer, part of 24-7 Sports. He'll join us next on The Score. NCAA. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. today, Illinois will tip off. It's the third game of the day at United Center, Illinois, against Penn State. And I don't know how good Illinois is. Sometimes they look like they could make a run to uh, the last weekend of this tournament, and other times they look like a a first round out. So here to help us, we hope, is Jeremy Werner, publisher of Illini Inquirer, part of 24-7 Sports. He's on Twitter at jwerner247, and he's on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hello again, Jeremy. How are you? Uh, Dan Lawrence, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, doing well, uh, getting tired, but uh, that's a bad time because it's, uh, it's March. But uh, like you said, Dan, I don't know how long I'll be covering uh, Illinois throughout this March, so we'll see. When a game starts, what are your cues? That, what do you look for early from an Illinois team to tell you, to give you any indication of what you're in for that day? I think one of the biggest things is not to put too much pressure on him because he's been fantastic this year. But when Terrence Shannon is aggressive from the start uh, and not kind of settling for contested threes in isolation and he's attacking the rim, uh, I always think Illinois is in for a good start to the game, which has been an issue. I'd like to see them change the starting lineup, maybe go Ty Rogers, the freshman, over Dane Danger, the the big man who's been struggling recently. But when Shannon is aggressive and he's kind of the leader, I just think that 
that goes to everybody else on the team. Everyone else kind of settles into place because Terrence Shannon is their best player. He just hasn't been consistently from the start of games. He's been really good in second halves lately, uh, and Illinois has been really good in second halves lately. But that's the thing I want to see is Illinois' best player, who's six foot six, two hundred and twenty pounds, looks like every NBA wing is supposed to look, uh, but is so big, so strong, so fast um, that that he can get to the rim really at will, um, and he can get to the free throw line at will. When he's doing that early in the game, I just think Illinois has got a good chance to to play well. But uh, that's been pretty inconsistent with him. Jeremy, let's go backwards a little bit. What was it about the opportunity to Illinois they got Terrence Shannon to come home? Well, as you can see, Mark Adams and Texas Tech have some problems. Uh, Mark uh-huh. Adams out of, a, out of a job there, but uh, Kevin McCuller also transferred out of Texas Tech, went to Kansas, has been phenomenal for them. So that was the first thing. Uh, things weren't all peachy down in, in Texas Tech. But, uh, I mean, obviously playing close to home in Chicago near his family was appealing, but Michigan was very much in uh, on this recruitment. Uh, there were some, uh, I guess, some academic issues there, just about transfer credits and things, which – Illinois and Michigan often get involved in that with their high academic standards. But um, the reason he wanted to come to Illinois was because he wanted the ball in his hands. He wanted to be able to show NBA teams that he was more than just a 3 and D guy, that he could be a primary creator. There's been some ups and downs with that, but I think he's definitely up to his NBA draft stock. He's averaging career highs in, in most statistical categories. His efficiency with you know a higher usage has gone down a little bit. Um, you know, he's taking more isolation threes than catching and shoot threes. But uh, he's, he's shown himself to be at least a two-way guy, I think, in the next league, has a chance to be a top 45 draft pick. Um, so he's definitely made a really good decision. I think Illinois has been a good fit for him because he saw what his buddy, I would assume, did under Brad Underwood at Illinois, and he's kind of followed in that path. Do you think Underwood's gotten better as a tactician, or is he just what he is? I think if you ask Illinois fans that, they might have um, a variety of answers to that. Um, I, I don't know if I'd like have him as a top three Big Ten coach tactician-wise. I think Micah Shrewsbury at Penn State um, might be near the top of my list. Matt Painter uh, is very high up there. I do think he's a very good coach. Um, I, I do think one mistake he made this year, one thing we can say in hindsight is he wanted to play this five-out offensive style. He wanted to play switch-everything defense. He had to scrap that uh, midway through the season. So uh, it's a credit to him that he's willing to adjust, but also you spent all offseason preparing for something that didn't work for you uh, in, in your personnel. And this is a, there's a couple of times he's done that. Like he tried to run a spread offense with Iowa DeSumo and Kofi Coburn had to scrap that for a ball screen offense, which made a lot of sense with those two. Um, so I, I think there's things he, he can be better at, but he is a very, very good coach. He's a very good defensive coach. Uh, especially, but I will give him this. He does adjust. He changes things throughout the season, and I do think he's probably going to make a change here personnel-wise with his his starting lineup, but I I think he's a good coach. Um, I I think you have to say that. Based on what he's done, guys, the last four years, nobody in the Big Ten has a better Big Ten record. Uh, He just hasn't had the NCAA tournament success. Um, We'll see if this team can have it. They've gotten longer. They've gotten more versatile. They've gotten more athletic. Uh, but obviously it's had led to a lot of high variance this year with so much turnover on the roster. I know that we talked a little bit about this the last time that you were on, but now that the regular season is over, how would you describe this year's Big Ten? <laughs> Very average. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in their best team. You know, making a prolonged run, Purdue has the most dominant, you know, physically imposing big man 
in the country and, and one of the most physically imposing guys in, in college basketball history in Zach Eady, but they have very young guards. Uh, they're not very athletic. Uh, does that pretend well in, in the NCAA tournament? Maybe if you're a one seed, it gets you to the, set, to the second weekend, but uh, I, I just think they're going to have troubles with teams that can at least limit Edie and, and make him be a little bit inefficient, force some turnovers on him, which Illinois was able to do in the second half, by the way, of their, their loss up at uh, West Lafayette. But the rest of it is just a, a muddled mess. I do think there's some teams that are a dangerous seven and eight seed. I wouldn't want to play Michigan State right now. I, I, I know that's kind of lame uh, and kind of cliche with Tom Izzo, but they are playing as well as anybody in the Big Ten. They're deep, they're old, uh, and, and they have a lot of shooting. Um, Maryland can be dangerous, but they're also not a very deep team. So it's, it's hard to think that th- there's going to be a lot of teams that have a chance to, to make it to the Elite Eight, the Final Four. But they do have some talent. They do have some veteran teams. But uh, it's, just a, it's just a very average but deep league. I will say that. There's a lot of teams. I think there's 11 teams, obviously 12 teams, that were competing for an NCAA tournament spot coming in here. So it's not an easy league to get through, but it's just there's not a lot of strength at the top of it. What Illinois has, though, is what I sort of look at as occasionally like the, the secret sauce for tournament success is not necessarily having guys who are lottery picks, but they've got three guys in the aforementioned uh, Shannon, who, who you said, and in Coleman Hawkins and in Matthew Mayer. These are all guys who are going to play pro basketball. I don't know if any of them are going to how long they'll be in the NBA or G League or overseas, but when you start talking about some second rounders, some mid second rounders, like if you have three of those guys playing rotational minutes, you should be, by my estimation, you should be a really good college team right now. Yeah, Dan, it's what makes them so enticing, and why as frustrating as this team has been, like since February first, guys, Bart Torvik, who does metrics, uh, a lot of analytics has Illinois is the number 78 team in the country since February 1st. That's like lower than Nebraska and Wisconsin. But they have beaten UCLA, who could be a number one seed. They have beaten Texas, who's probably going to be a number two seed. Um, They killed Purdue in the second half the other day. Um, They beat Northwestern by 20-something points in the second half of a game the other day. Like They have these glimpses that's like, this is what a – seven seed or an eight seed that makes the final four looks like because Terrence Chan is one of the best guards in the country. And as you said, Danny, he's, he's probably going to have a chance to play in the NBA. I think Matthew Meyer has a chance to play in the NBA he's six foot nine and can shoot ISO. He can shoot, catch and shoot. I agree. He's really athletic. Um, you know, I, I see guys like Max Struess and some of these other guys being the NBA. And I'm like, well, that guy's got a chance if he locks in on defense a little bit more. Uh, and then Coleman Hawkins is not, not a guy who puts up a bunch of stats, but I think anybody who sees him on the court, uh, knows the value he brings, not only as a defender, but just the way they can be so versatile, the different ways they can play. Um, I mean, he he outplayed Zach Eady, I thought, the other day, uh, even if he didn't put the biggest stats because he made life so hard on Zach Eady despite giving up 80 pounds. So, yeah, those three are all guys who could play in the NBA. I mean, Coleman Hawkins and, and Shannon are projected second-round draft picks right now. Um, but there's just not a lot of consistency from, from those guys. Matt Meyer shot one for ten from three against Purdue. Terrence Shannon's been terrible in first half recently. Coleman Hawkins, you'd like him to score just a little bit more. Uh, and then you just have a lot of youth around them, right? And, and the other part is the, the inconsistency is probably because these guys are all, I mean, there's so many newcomers on this team. There's seven new guys that came into this team 
And Coleman Hawkins was really the only guy who played significant minutes and significant games last year. So it's all new, and that's why I think you see you know, teams like Michigan State or teams like Northwestern have succeeded this year because in the era of the transfer portal, they had a lot of a continuity and a lot of old guys on their team. Illinois got some older guys, but they're all kind of new to this. So they are enticing. Uh, as you guys said, I can see them making a run in the NCAA tournament, but I can also see them losing in the first round just because they're inconsistency. Let's talk about Meyer and your reaction to the monster energy drink thing. <laughs> He's the most interesting guy I've ever covered. Um, Get out of here. He, Seriously? He he is he is I don't know like you can't my, my my guy Joey Wagner wrote a great feature story on who is Matthew Meyer? What is he? Uh he comes from a very wealthy background in Austin, Texas. But you wouldn't know it with the way he dresses. He dresses in sweatpants. It's like you know, all these kids are into really good shoes. He wears, like, these ratty shoes all the time. Um, and he, he's got this mullet that he brought back because he's totally into NIL. He's, like, really into investing his money already. He's got a Roth IRA already. He's ridiculously into analytics, but he also just loves playing video games. Um, Terrence Shannon is, like, this dogged work, work ethic guy. And Meyer goes, I, I think it's probably more important to, to look into the analytics at times than, than you know, draining yourself practicing all the time or going to the gym all the time. He's just fascinating. Um, you know, I can see why other people would hate him, but when he's on your team, kind of like an A.J. Pierzynski or something, like you love having him on your team. But he can go off, guys. He can absolutely carry people. But, yeah, the whole, like, nutrition thing, um, he said he stayed up and had caffeine poisoning. I don't, from what I heard, that wasn't true. <laughs> um, but Matt likes being Matt and kind of having fun with the media. But uh, apparently he got sick and maybe some caffeine was a part of that. But he's been messing with his diet. He's done some keto. He's been doing fasting. He's just uh, an eccentric guy that I, makes this job fun. I got to <laughs> tell you, like one of the things that Dan and I were talking about were a lot of times when there's something bad that happens in college sports and, and say, so, oh, well, this is just a, a college kid being a college kid. This actually feels like a college kid being a college kid. Let me try out some different diets. Let me try some different looks. Like, I feel like that guy is having exactly the type of college experience that is mostly representative of other people's college experience. Yeah, he's just a, he's just a free thinker. Uh, and I find him and Brad Underwood's relationship fascinating because I think Brad didn't really know how to coach him at first and they, they butted heads like Matt will actually talk back to Brad Underwood which uh, I don't know how many people are bold to do that like, Brad is an old school coach but I think Matt's kind of challenged Brad to like let him do his thing um, and, and Matt has really appreciated uh, Brad because Brad kind of lets him be him but also calls plays for him uh, and it's been a really good year for Matt's I, I think NBA stock just based on what he can do as a primary scorer but uh, it, it's been an experience. Like Matthew Meyer is kind of the epitome of this Illinois team because when it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it can it can be really, really frustrating because it feels like uh, they're not living up to their, their expectation. But, yeah, Matt's 24. He's making a really good uh, NIL deal uh, this year, making really good money. And I think this Illinois thing has been pretty fun for him so far. And I think, guys, if Illinois makes a run, he's going to be one of the stars uh, of March Madness. I just think the media is going to buy into him. Fans are going to love him, the mullet, everything. Uh, if they make a prolonged run, it's going to be because of him, but he's also going to get a lot of limelight here. Well, I'm just hoping for a matchup, a rematch with Northwestern tomorrow evening because if it's anything like the, the tale of two halves that they just played, we could be in for a fun one. 
Yeah, and like you saying, Dan, that they're made for March. Um, and hypothetically, I get it. They're really long. They're athletic. They got a couple dudes on their team, as we've talked about. But uh, it's time to prove it uh, for them. And uh, Penn State's not an easy draw. Penn State's playing for everything this weekend, trying to get into the NCAA tournament. Um, so if they win today, I think Penn State, if they beat Illinois, they're in the tournament. And Northwestern's had a good year. But if Illinois is able to get by Penn State, I mean, uh, Northwestern would have been a nine seed if they would have lost their last game. So I think that's a really good draw if that's a seven to a two. And then you potentially get Maryland or Indiana from the chance to get to a, a Big Ten tournament uh, championship. So uh, I think a lot of times the motivated teams, the teams who haven't won the Big Ten tournament in a while, um, have an advantage here. But if Illinois says, hey, it's made for March, well, well, now it's win or go home, even if it's a Big Ten tournament. So I think Illinois fans are looking for something to buy in before Selection Sunday and this is their opportunity to do it. What do you think of Northwestern? I think they're gritty. I think what's changed a lot, um, Chris Lowry gets credit for this, with Chris Collins as well. And I think Matthew Nicholson, uh, I'll keep mentioning him, I think he's changed a lot of what they've done defensively because they lost Pete Nance and, and Ryan Young to, to Duke and North Carolina, and uh, they've gotten better. Uh, and I think it's a lot on the defensive end. To be honest, I don't think they've changed a lot offensively. Boo Booey and Chase Audiz are still you know, high usage, inefficient guards, but they're old guards. Um, so I, I just think their oldness is imp- – like, oldness is so important. <laughs> the oldness isn't a word, but, like, just being experienced is so important and continuity is so important uh, in college basketball nowadays with the transfer portal. And I think uh, Northwestern's taken advantage of that, and I think they've made some, some key changes defensively. And then they've won some close games. So, listen, I, I, I think Northwestern as a seven seed right now, um, it's about right. You know, second place team in the Big Ten usually is a top four seed. So uh, I think they're about right what the seeding should be. I don't think they're an easy draw, but it's not a team I'm sitting there going, yes, they're definitely going to advance. But, you know, it's a very motivated team. It's an older team, and, and they play good defense. So if Boo Booey goes off in a game, they can be really, really dangerous. Jeremy Werner, always authoritative stuff. Appreciate it much. Appreciate it, guys. That's Jeremy Werner. And next up, we've got High Noon. I have a connection between two Academy Award frontrunners that brought a smile to my face. Wait, you're not going to pay off the tease from yesterday? What was my tease from yesterday? Well, remember, there was the the story that we couldn't do, that Layla wasn't going to do, that you were going to do because it allowed you to say stuff. The statue story? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to do that one. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. All right. Well, the I have... Some White Sox stuff that's no Gouda, and some Blackhawk stuff that's kind of interesting. That's next. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the Palace Saloon. Yeah, right. When? High noon? It's high noon. We began by talking about not just the Bulls' exciting, shocking win in Denver, not just the fact of the win, but the way that they won and talked about how they did it and why it happened. But also, of course, there's got to be a downer if we're talking Bulls. And that was the news that it appears Lonzo Ball is going to need yet another knee surgery that will have him rehabbing six months after that is finally done. We also talked about Aaron Rodgers and the pursuit of Rodgers by the New York Jets that they and the Packers are into negotiations for compensation and uh, the contract, the trade, whatever it's going to be. Also let you know that the Bears 
are connected now, interestingly, to tackle Mike McGlinchey as a free agent target. We are hearing that is a name to which we should be paying attention as Bears fans. And I, I kind of like it to plug him in there at right tackle. And Me then too. Jeremy Werner gave us the lowdown, everything you need to know about your fighting Alina. It's Alina. Obviously, this show hasn't done a ton of Blackhawks coverage because, you know, the team's bad and things are weird with the Blackhawks and Patrick Kane's gone and Jonathan Taves is not playing and there's all sorts of stuff. But I ran across this and Mark Lazarus is still doing a really incredible job of covering the team. And I, I thought this was of interest. And I, I think in a very positive way, this was of interest. Lazarus writes in his piece, the Blackhawks pride night is March 26 against Vancouver. And Connor Murphy fully expects the entire team to wear jerseys as they have in the past. It's not something that's been discussed as a team, however. He said, quote, I don't think we really had anything that we needed to talk about. I don't think we have anyone that I know of that wouldn't support that. I think it was surprising to see the stuff that came up this year. We've been doing it for so many years. It's not like it's a new subject, close quote. Murphy said the Blackhawks marketing team keeps the players aware of any upcoming theme nights so they don't show up at the rink confused by why a different jersey is hanging in their locker stall for warm-ups, such as the Black History Month jersey that they wore last month. Murphy said those discussions, quote, allow guys to feel more a part of it. President of Business Operations Jamie Faulkner said last month in a wake of the Provorov situation, that the team explains the purpose of each night because, quote, we want them to understand if I'm going to ask you to wear a jersey, you know why you're wearing the jersey, close quote. I think that that's great. And and Murphy, like, he went on to say more stuff about this on how it, it basically shouldn't be an issue for anyone at all and that that he hopes that it's it's – something that's supportive he goes it's a a bit disappointing talking about some of the other issues around the league it seems like we have so many other nights and nobody raises an issue hockey is about inclusion about growing the community and the game i don't see why anyone would have a need to feel like they don't support a certain group if it's about the game and about bringing everyone together and about equality everyone should always be supportive of that so shout out to Connor Murphy and the Blackhawks for not only saying this is what we're doing, but trying to explain this is why we're doing it. I think it's aspirational. I do think in a sport with a clear, undisputed culture problem, it is good to have a team as significant as the Blackhawks who want to be on the right side of it. But knowing what that team has gone through and Obviously. knowing what that team was a part of, I have... I have a difficult time seeing them as as a hero in any of this. Your your skepticism is warranted, but I did want to at least point out that this is this wasn't a mealy mouth support from a player. Yeah, I've, as far as Connor Murphy goes, good for him. As far as the Blackhawks go, it's going to take a long time yes. before I want to hear it from them. They've got a lot of work to do, but this was a, a a small step in the right direction of them trying to do the work. I haven't looked at the betting odds, but based on early returns, it would appear that the favorite to win the Oscar for Best Actor is Brendan Fraser 
from Darren Aronofsky's movie The Whale. And the favorite to win Best Supporting Actor is Kehui Kwan from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Short round! Now, when I say those names, when, when, I, when you picture Brendan Fraser and Kehui Kwan, do you remember the movie that they were in together? No. Wait. No. They were in the movie Encino Man. That's right. That's what oh, was on the tip of my brain. Brendan Fraser was the reanimated caveman in high school in Encino Man. So I think this is awesome. Who did Slate want to talk to about it? Because maybe he would be next for a renaissance. They sat down with Pauly Shore. Oh, the weasel? The weasel. So there's an, there's an interview here that Slate did with Pauly Shore about this. And I hadn't thought about Pauly Shore in, in, in forever. But it was really kind of cool. And so they asked, what's it like to watch your Encino Man co-stars go on to Oscar glory? He said, I'm, I'm not surprised. He said, for Brendan, all the stars lined up for him. I'm proud. Obviously, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Most people don't ever expect to get nominated for an Oscar, no matter how much work they do. And I'm stoked. He said, a great role. Timing was great. He compared it to Mickey Rourke when he got that opportunity. And then he talked about what, how serious Brendan Fraser was as an actor in Encino Man and how his embodiment of that character, that he wasn't just mugging for the camera, that he really did act. And that's what, what makes it work. And then they said, do you think there's going to be a Pauly Shore renaissance? Have you imagined yourself making a similar kind of comeback? And he says... My story is no different. He said, everybody wants that call. Everybody wants to work with people that are going to elevate them. He said, I'm an actor at the end of the day. I do stand up, and it's kind of fun. But acting is who I am. He said, I'm at the age now where maybe with the right role, the right director, the right script, doing something against type would be really exciting. And he said, I never got that opportunity. I just did the weasel. I guess that's my blessing. He said, I guess, he said, I guess that's my blessing and my curse. More of a blessing for sure. I got my own thing, and I wouldn't want to change anything. But- Wednesday, dude, is what if day, which is going to be buff. Oh, sorry. It's going to be buff because we're going to be playing some rap all day. Ziggy, 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 zig, 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 zig. Rap, buddy. It's going to be stony, bro. Cool. You can watch pay-per-view, late-night channels. will be buff and stuff. But right now, check out the buff video, Young MC, man. Just to get you in the mood for rap day, man. It's like massage you in with a solar dad, Trinidad, coming down side underneath the weasel. The weasel. I'm... I'm in a in a weird place with this with the Oscars this year, Dan. I I desperately want Michelle Yeoh to win for everything, everywhere, all at once. If you haven't listened to the podcast with her and Mark Marin or seen the incredible interview that she did with Stephanie Rule on MSNBC, she's just awesome. And and I'm like, God, I want her to win. But then in the supporting actress, I, I got two of my favorites. I got Angela Bassett mm-hmm. there for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Jamie Lee Curtis, who I feel like, it not this like, I wouldn't necessarily call it a renaissance, but this is her being recognized towards the end of her career for actually being a good actor, mm-hmm. 
when you know a big portion of her career has been doing the 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 Michael Myers movies and and doing comedies and true lies and stuff like that where I don't know if she's ever really been taken as seriously as maybe she should be I love that this is happening for her too so I'm like which one do I want to win I definitely want Michelle Yeoh to win they're all winners because she's been awesome for a long damn time and is well look Angela Bassett flowers Angela Bassett's already got one Okay, right. All right so that that's the tiebreaker. Yeah, so root for Jamie Lee because Angela's got hers. That's right. All right, yeah, and and watch Jamie Lee Curtis in all like all of her comedies and everything. Like she's she's really had a very interesting career, and to get to this point where she's now an Oscar nominee, mm-hmm. like it's dope. Like I love seeing that. Real quick, um, at the WBC, you know my whole thing with White Sox people is just don't get hurt. Right. But there was some good and some bad. Let me play the good for you yesterday from or today from Cuba's game that they lost to Italy. Hence game. Left side. Oh, what a diving catch by Yohan Mankata. Yohan Mankata saving the night perhaps for Cuba. That one was ticketed for the left field corner. Two runs across, and instead, it ends the inning. Yeah, they ended up losing that game 6-3. Moncada and Robert, in 17 at-bats, have struck out a total of seven times. Mm -hmm. A lot of sliders being thrown at our guy, Luis Robert. Mm -hmm. And I'm scared that the book may be out. Yeah, they're just working through it. It doesn't count. None of this counts. It's all fine. Just let okay. them get their work in, get some swings in. Don't worry about it. You saw it. some of those swings. I did, but don't worry about it. All right. And don't worry about what happened to Dylan Cease yesterday either. Why? Why? Wow. They took he got the- lit yeah. yesterday. <laughs> Dude got absolutely Charlie Brown yesterday. <laughs> My goodness, man. Write a poem about that. Yeesh. You want to talk about Jim Beheim's retirement firing, fire retirement, refiring, whatever yes, it was? I would very much like to talk about that. He's, that's the first fire retirement I think we've had. So we'll do that next. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... 
they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.